Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and with me in the Rabbit Hole studio today is none other than the feature narrative programmer of the Brooklyn Film Festival, Mr. Jason Stefaniak. Yes. Welcome, Jason. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for coming. We always, uh, you know, uh, we always appreciate when people make the schlep to the studio. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're, but you're in Brooklyn. You guys are in Brooklyn, right? The festival's in Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. So ho- hopefully not too far. Not too far. <laughs> um, but this is not just like this is just not this is not just an interview for people who happen to be in the New York area. But um, we're going to talk festivals. We're going to talk about film festival strategy and about the Brooklyn Film Festival. So first, Great. tell me a little bit about you. Um, so how did you? How did, you're a filmmaker. Yes. How did you get into filmmaking, and then how did you come to the festival? Yeah. So I wasn't one of those kids who was grabbing his father's or grandfather's camera. I was a kid who watched a lot of movies and rewatched a lot of movies and played along to them with my toys. And then there was a point in high school where something clicked, and all of a sudden I realized that I didn't want to be the things I was seeing in the movies, a pilot or an archaeologist. I wanted to make movies. And so I made videos whenever I could in place of assignments in school. I ended up studying film at Towson University in undergrad and then came to grad school at NYU uh, for my MFA and have been in the city ever since. Um, So I've been making short films and short stuff for about 20 years now. Um, I made a feature, I produced a feature uh, in 2014, 2015 called But Not For Me, and it had its world premiere at the Brooklyn Film Festival, where it won the Audience Choice Award. So I connected with the festival after we had our film there, um, and in connecting with them in the years afterwards, I was interested in being a volunteer screener and just screening a bunch of work for them. And in reaching out to them to do that and then realizing that I'd had a film in the festival, that I understood what the festival was about, they asked me to be a, a programmer. So it was a, a good surprise, but um, really exciting to be asked to do that. Very cool. So um, what do you do exactly? What, what is it like? Because when you, when you say it's a... Uh, when you're a programmer, does that mean that you are making the selections for the film festival? Is that done by committee? Uh, is it one dude in a room who just watches everything? How does that? Uh, what is your job exactly? Tell me. Tell me exactly yeah. what you do for the fest. I think it's different for every festival, and I think it was even different for Brooklyn in past years. But for this year, there is a programmer for each of our six sections and each programmer is in charge of organizing the process of screening all the submissions in whatever way makes sense for her or him. So when I came on board in November, December, knowing I had three or four hundred feature films to review between then and May 1st, I recruited volunteers to be screeners, the thing that I wanted to be for the festival, and then divided up the the labor. I did I did most of the screening as as the programmer um, but then I would give these volunteer screeners batches of films, 15 or 20 or 25 films at a time. And then I would use them as sort of a committee, even though we never gathered in the same room and they never met each other. I used them as a committee to kind of test their opinions of films, my opinions of films. If there was ever a filmmaker that submitted that I knew, I would make sure that I would remove myself from that process. So I would give that film to two different screeners without telling so them. So you're like a Supreme Court justice. Kind of. <laughs> recusing yourself. From, yes. That's cool. That's honorable, man. Because uh, like, if I knew somebody, like if I knew you and I had a feature, I'd be like, Jason, get yeah. my movie in the... In yeah. The, I mean, and I'm sure people do that too. Yeah, and I've done that, you know, as a as a filmmaker. And I think... 
I don't know how other programmers handle it. I when I got those types of reach outs from people, I think in the least I would try to offer them a fee waiver or a discount waiver, knowing that I wasn't going to automatically program the film just because I knew them, and then their film would enter the pile and be considered like anybody else's film was. I tried not to give anyone any type of special treatment. And so are you determining, you're part of the committee that's sort of determining what who lives and dies in the, in the film festival, so to speak, and then are you also saying when things are going to be screened at the festival? Yes, yeah, so... What, you know, once we got all those films reviewed and we had a, kind of a batch of finalist films that were all good and worth programming, um, we only could pick 13. We only could fit 13 features. So, you know, we probably had 25 or 30 films that were worth programming, but we only could fit 13 based on the details of the schedule. And I got to make that decision. I had conversations sometimes with the executive director uh, to get his opinion, but I was able to make that choice. And I did that trying to create a, a, a slate of films that felt balanced between genre, between budget, between material, where the filmmaker was from, what country it was from, so that we would have a really nice, diversified, interesting slate that didn't feel like all the same type of film. So this is the thing that I've never, I've, I've kind of never known, and that's that's why I wanted you here, man, because I, w- I want to get the, like, the secret sauce about, uh, about film festivals. Yeah. So, like, for instance... With, you're programming this slate of films. You, you, you got a baker's dozen of films here, right? So is it more about what you're offering the audience to come see? Or is it more about like giving filmmakers a certain kind of opportunity to be featured in a festival? Like what's the what's the criteria? Like what what does a film have to, you know, what does a film have to be like to to get that? Uh, that stamp of approval and, and get it, uh, got, get on the slate. Yeah, I think every festival probably approaches it differently. What was great about being asked to do this is that once they brought me on to do this, they were very empowering and having me approach how how I was going to do this. They didn't give me a list of mandates. Um, I understood the festival from having work in the festival, um, and so I set out to. Sc- just to, to find films that compelled me enough to want to keep watching, just like any other audience member. And I would watch those films, and I would take notes, and at the end of the process, I had this pile of films. And then from this pile of films that were purely put in the pile because they were compelling, they made me want to watch, I then tried to build a slate that felt balanced. If we took a film that had been in Berlin, I didn't really want to take any other films that had gone to big festivals because then it feels like you're taking a slot from an up-and-coming filmmaker who maybe has never screened at a festival before. So it's a bit of both. It's a bit about opportunity, and it's also a bit about uh, getting the, the diversity of films there. Yeah. But it also sounds like it's crazy subjective. Like Very subjective. You're going... Yes. So <laughs> yeah. i got to ask you this. How many films, five minutes in, you're like, no... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the line, like the way is we it, thought about is there, it. Do you, is there like a mandate, like you have to watch all 90 minutes or all two hours? Or are you just like, mm, that's a terrible credit sequence, I'm not watching I think this. I think you know, you know pretty fast sometimes in your chest how the film's going. Uh, as a filmmaker, I, you know, think about all the work that goes into it and how heartbreaking it would be for to think that this festival is only screening 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes of the film. But the reality is when you have over 300, 400 features to watch, if you watch 10, 15, 20 minutes of something and you have a stack of reasons to say no, 
you end up you end up moving on because there are other films that you know in two minutes you're so hooked you could watch ten hours of it and that's just a practical consideration right and if they haven't I mean it just goes to show you that you know if you're gonna make a movie you've got to hook somebody in the beginning like you've yeah. got you're from the opening shot the opening titles uh, I saw this interview with Saul Bass recently I don't know if you're familiar with his work but he did all those great title sequences yeah. for Hitchcock and stuff and he was saying how um, audiences really should be they should be engaged with the film from the first frame of the right. movie the f- very first image that they see and that's why he poured so much energy into great title sequences yeah and you, the thing i noticed with a lot of movies now especially shorts and stuff is that they don't even do that they don't do the title sequence. Right. they just jump right into the film because they don't want you they want to waste no time just you know so that's probably the, the first nugget of advice to come out of this interview so, you know great opening like if you want yeah. if you want to hook the festival guy man you yeah do it in the first five well you know i you kept know. notes for myself as a filmmaker what was i seeing across this this mass amount of features that was working and not working for me and one of the notes i kept for myself is to have a strong opening and it's not just that if the film opens bad we're, we're turning it off it's just often indicative of what is in store to come you would watch 10 15 20 minutes more you might jump 40 minutes ahead and watch another 10 minutes and it's pretty consistent i don't know if there was ever a film that after 10 or 15 minutes if i felt like i was ready to move on it ever recovered yeah you were like you know man by minute 45 this is just gonna rock right right <laughs> you know? and there may be films uh, like that and it's unfortunate right. i guess if we overlook them but it's just a practical thing of of getting through all the films that we have to get through so you're getting you said 300 films? How many? I think films? it was like 328 this year. Wow, so that's a, that's a lot of films. Yeah. Um, is there anything particularly subjective to the Brooklyn Film Festival? Um, because you know, different uh, different channels. Was it like I know somebody who pitched to HBO a while back, and she was doing a documentary, and it was it was very good documentary. Uh, wound up doing it as a web series. I was actually an editor on it, and the material was great. But HBO was like, there's no sex, there's no violence, there's no social justice angle. This is not for HBO. Right. Is there anything that's like this this is good but not for Brooklyn? Um, or is it, you know, is it more generalized than that? I think there's two answers to that. One, I was never given like a brand book for what the Brooklyn Film Festival is. Um, generally it's about drawing attention to cinema in Brooklyn and Brooklyn being a center for cinema. And it's about giving Brooklyn audiences and city audiences in general access to independent filmmaking with, and about discovering and amplifying new filmmakers, up and coming filmmakers, filmmakers that might make really good films that are imperfect and rough around the edges, but we want to give them a chance because their next film will be even better. So that, that piece of it, no, there's no kind of mandate. There's no list of things. There's no style guide. There's no style guide. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Like I, I respect that. I mean, but I also can respect somebody saying, you know, this is the Coney Island Film Festival, and we want films right. that are about Coney Island, right? Um, because that's that's the audience that they're trying to yeah. curate. Um, I think in some way we specifically don't want a slate of films that when you look at it, you can sum up the whole slate of thirteen and. In a couple words. Right. They're not all shot in Prospect Park. Exactly. <laughs> They're not all shot, you know, uh, in Brooklyn Bridge exactly. Park or something like yeah. that. And so um, that, so the second part of that was that it is actually very subjective. In doing this, and at least the way that we did it this year, it, may, it makes me realize how much different festivals are just a reflection of the subjective taste of the people who program the festivals. And whoever those people are, however they earned their way into those spots, they have so much say over what gets programmed at that festival. And as a filmmaker, that actually made me realize, and as much as I understood this 
largely before that any individual rejection is not some objective a determination of what you what your talent is or, or isn't. It's one specific example of it not working for that festival. Okay, so let let's get let's get into the uh, what George W. Bush referred to as st- strategery. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk film festival strategy. Yeah. Like, so having said that, unless you're kind of a Mysterio mind reader, uh, Professor Xavier type person, how are you going to know um, about that you know that programmer and their particular taste and what their team looks for um how do you kind of like for film festival strategies like so you know if you have a certain kind say well let's try a specific example so say i've made my first feature yep and i've made it for like 50 grand 75 grand not a huge budget mm-hmm. but it's i feel like it's competent and it's festival worthy um, I, I think it's not just an internet movie i want to get it in front of audiences i want to get them laurels you know yep so do I do I send to Toronto? Do I send to Sundance? Do I go to South by like or is it you know what this movie it's a lower budget film. Let me go to a smaller festival. Let me go to local film festivals. Like if you were if you were to like when cuz you got your film in the Brooklyn film, film festival, if you could go back and give yourself advice. Yeah. Like what would that to play the festival circuit, what would you say? Yeah, I always aim high for the big festivals. At this point in my career, it would feel like a personal accomplishment. It would feel like a boost to the ego or to the self-esteem. I think there'd be a lot of value, but that's me having figured out a reason why I'm aiming for those big festivals. Um, but I think it's a budget issue. If you only have so much money to submit to festivals and you've made a small film with no stars, maybe you feel like it's a little rough. The next one will be better. Then maybe you're more practical about where you submit. But I tend to think right, you start because, big. And yeah, and, I was just going to say, like yeah. with some of these things, like you know, if you're going to you know, places like Toronto, you've got red carpet, you know, movie stars right. in front of those things. Uh, Sundance, you know, which used to be probably a lot more like Brooklyn, right. is, you know, uh, you've got everybody out there is a movie star right. now. So, and it also kind of defines independent film now. It's it's almost easier to say what isn't an independent film right. versus what is an independent film. Um, because every almost everything that is not a studio big budget thing is, and then they don't need festivals but like right. um so you know if if you were to go for the big fest like what would be do you do you need a name in there do you think or will are they even taking uh are they even taking smaller films that don't have a big movie star backing i have i don't even know if you can answer this but i just thought i throw i it mean my you. impression my impression is kind of both my impression is that you know you if you have a big star or you have a connection to the festival if you've gone to the sundance writer's lab it's much more likely you're going to get your feature into the sundance film festival than if you're a total nobody at the same time with the feature that we did before we we accepted the world premiere offer at brooklyn we we submitted to all the festivals the same way everyone else does and if we had a connection to the programmer we might send them an email and say you know please check out our film and we had interest from the la film festival and it came down to them as a committee being interested in reaching out to ask questions and deciding at the end that they couldn't program it but we didn't do anything different or special with them versus brooklyn or any other smaller festivals that we got into so how important is the research beforehand 
to go and very important you know so yeah. like maybe go to the film festival the year before right. or you know check out the people maybe you have a connection there maybe you don't maybe there's like a six degrees of separation kind of thing yeah. where you know you know somebody who knows somebody that could that you know know somebody in that that's working that festival and i don't know i mean you you seem like a you know you're a fair guy and you have willfully recused yourself from choosing your friends films yeah is everybody like that or i don't know you know yeah. like i that's that's the question it's like i think a know. way of thinking about it is that each festival the festival has a set of goals that could be different than what the filmmakers goals are and so if they get a recommendation from someone they know or from an alumnus you know that that feels right for the program they're putting together that year they might just take that it might feel unfair to everyone who's submitting blindly but the festival has an agenda that's slightly different than an individual filmmaker's agenda right and it's and if you know what that agenda is then you can kind of determine because you know th this ain't cheap folks like right. submitting to festivals can be a very costly process yeah. and i think you know i didn't plan for it i didn't put it in my budget when i first started trying to do it right um and then you know when i started researching and saying okay i want to get my my first short out to film festivals and so forth it was like oh man uh you know this is this is going to get real expensive real quick and yes you know hit them early bird those early yep. bird deadlines man ask for waiver you know. fees always ask. there's no reason not to email a festival and ask for a, a submission waiver. Um, Can you do that? Absolutely. I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing. It's, it was something I've always done. We were. We how had, does that work? How, does, how do I? You know, you would just you you find a list of you you put together your list of festivals based on the schedule, based on your budget, based on personal interest. I grew up in Virginia. Always wanted to get into the Virginia Film Festival, so that was on the list for us. When you have that list, then you just start going through and you find contact info for programmers or the executive directors, and you just ask. My email was right on the website, and I got these these emails and I was given pretty free reign with being able to give out waivers and discounts and so just to encourage people who were asking I would I would almost always give at least a discount just to encourage them to feel connected to the festival and to want to submit and in all my years of being a filmmaker and asking I would say about 50 or 60 percent of the time we were offered either a total fee waiver or a discount that's amazing I've never I've literally never heard anybody say yeah. that about film festivals and you're getting the you're getting the good stuff here tonight kids uh, remember the show <laughs> Um, so the other thing I wanted to know is because, um, you know, the other thing that can be quite costly about film festivals is going to them. Yeah. Um, you know, travel and, you know, accommodations and so forth. Um, you know, we're lucky. We live in New York City. Uh, there's a number of film festivals that take place here. Uh, I can get to most of them via the subway. So but, you know, if you don't happen to live in a big city like L.A., New York, Toronto, um, you might. You know, it might be like maybe I don't submit to that one because I can't go there. Right? How important is it for people to show up and support their film and and start you know using that as a networking thing, not just not just say oh we got into this film festival, but really use the film festival and get there. Yeah, I mean speaking from the perspective of the festival this year, I found it really important to try to get the filmmakers to come. I want to do Q&As with them. I want to meet the people whose films excited me enough that they made it through and, and got programmed. I want them to come. As a filmmaker, I think the best way to approach it is to figure out what you're trying to accomplish with festivals. So I've submitted to a lot of festivals, shorts, all over the country, and they've gotten in here and there. And, and I've often not traveled for short film festivals. I, I can't say how helpful it is to go to a big you know, Sundance-like festival, if you have a world premiere of a feature, are probably really valuable. 
I think everything else in between you need to figure out what are you trying to get out of the festival? Are you trying to make contacts? Do you want to see your film with an audience of strangers? You know, do you want to try to generate some press for your film? Do you want to use a festival as a stepping stool to launch your film on iTunes? And I think if you figure out what that thing is you want, it's easier to make decisions about which festivals to go to and not to go to. Uh, that's a key thing as well because you brought up marketing. And my, I remember, you know, like many years ago when I did my first festival, I didn't really know anything. And I just kind of was very naive about the process. And then when I went to go to like the opening night, I saw people putting out postcards and posters and, you know, start talking to people, say, hey, come see my film. I didn't, I was like, oh my God, it's on us to do this. Yeah. Like I thought, oh, the festival is just going to advertise these, you know, these films and you know they're going to show my trailer they're going to show my uh my poster and then people will just come because they want to see the festival right not so not entirely so yeah. no i mean we the brooklyn film festival has a list of things we ask every filmmaker to submit postcards posters screening copies of their films that we send out to the press and then a lot of times individual press outlets become interested in individual films and then we connect them with the filmmakers so the festival does an amount of work to try to get the community interested in the entire festival and in the entire slate of feature films but i Speaking from my own experience and seeing it from this side, it's definitely beneficial for individual filmmakers to promote their screenings because nobody in the end is going to care more about filling every seat of your screening than you are. The festival wants to fill those seats and sell tickets and have a great event, but they're trying to do that with 13 features and 10 doc features and four other categories of films for 10 days straight. They just We don't have the resources to focus on every individual screening the way an individual filmmaker would. How important is like the social media aspect of it now in terms of you know uh, not just going to the film festival but instagramming it and facebooking it and you know building up that buzz beforehand even maybe like if you if you were doing it maybe you set up your own facebook event and say come to my screening as opposed yeah, to you the should do that you know the yeah. festival screening because you're right it's just too many films it's it's a lot of films right and one person, the way it's set up, you can't go to all the movies. Right. So, you know, and if you're plucking your money down per film, I mean, I suppose you guys have festival passes. We do. I'm not sure offhand how much it costs, but there's a pass that gets you into everything. Right. But, you know, not everybody's going to do that. Some people are just going to go see individual films. Right. Uh, so, and, and as, a, as a movie goer, you can't. You just can't do all that. Right. Um, now, if you're a filmmaker, too, you guys have a certain uh, link with the press. But, you know, should I be sending out press releases? And I think so. Get, you know, trying yeah. to get those people to come to the screening. Absolutely. Um, because it, it is like there is a sort of uh, a validation by just getting into a fest, almost any fest, yeah. and, and getting those laurels on something. Yeah, you can put on uh, your poster. Exactly, yeah. and and, uh, and winning awards. I mean, if, you know, if you're best in fest or you're the best of your category – it, you know, it really can be quite compelling. Even if that film doesn't do anything, even that film yeah. you know, doesn't sell a lot of tickets, doesn't get a theatrical release, you can say, "I did this fest, I got this." And you know, uh, for for me, it's like the networking aspect of it. You know, if you're yeah. if you have a, you know get get your film in something and then start talking to people, start shaking hands, and and get go to those parties. You know, go to the yeah. opening night thing, go to the closing night thing. Yeah. You know, um, I like to think of social media as a record of the story of the film. This is my personal way of approaching it. So, you know, if you live in New York, you live somewhere and your your film gets into a festival there, you're using social media to try to get your friends and family to come to the screenings. And the fest festivals definitely want you to do that. They're hoping particularly that local filmmakers can draw on their network to fill screenings. But most – 
you know, if you get if you're lucky enough to get your film in this festivals all over the place, you're not going to be able to go to all of them. But I find that it's helpful to post about those festivals to lend an air of legitimacy about your film. You never know who if there's going to be a producer's rep or a sales agent at a festival that sees your film. And then if you do eventually get your film on iTunes or Amazon, I think having a social media account to be able to draw from to promote the film or just to show distributors or to show sales agents that there's built an audience that you're good at doing this type of thing, you're interested in promoting the film, is helpful. And even from a personal aspect then, years down the road, you can go back and look at your film's page and scroll through and feel like you built and accomplished something with that project. Yeah, and it really is kind of a DIY thing these days, you know, yeah, absolutely. with the advent of social media. It's, it's, it's on you guys. You know, for filmmakers out there, it, it's it's on you to, yep. to promote this thing. Nobody's yep. going to do it for you. The festival's not going to, you know, they can only do so much. And, um, you know, gathering an audience is hard. You yeah, know, it's it's a lot of legwork, and you have to build that into your budget. You got to build that into into the amount of time it's going to take you. Yep. Um, because it just you, you know it's such a Herculean ever just to make a movie. Yeah. But then to get butts in seats and to get it seen is a it's like a whole it's like making a whole other movie. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, Jason, thanks so much. I got to wrap up, but. Great stuff. I think this is like Great, essential yeah. information and like stuff I didn't know and, and hopefully uh, stuff that will enlighten our audience. But uh, before I go, tell me, where can we find uh, the Brooklyn Film Festival on the web? Yeah, it's WBFF.org. Um, and my uh, my email's on there, so if anyone has any other questions, they can feel free to email me. It's just Jason at WBFF.org. All right, so everyone who sees this is going to now ask you for waivers. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) No guarantees, but I'll try. You you did this to yourself. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, thanks so much for coming, and thank you for joining us uh, for more episodes of No Rest of the Weekend. You can always find them on our website, btrp.nyc slash podcast. You can also catch us on all the places that you listen to podcasts like iTunes and Anchor and Stitcher and Google Play. Thanks so much uh, for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. And uh, we'll see you next time.